0: Be advised that the views and opinions that you're about to listen to right now are those of not the DOD or of the Air Force, but of those that are
1: speaking. Thank you.
2: Hey, this is Soren Griffin. This is Under the Beret. I have two guests here with me. I have my uh, executive producer, slash the boss.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Senior Monteo.
2: And we have a special guest, her boss.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly.
1: Her yeah, mother. My, yeah, my boss, my mom. Hi.
2: <laughs> yeah, introduce yourself.
1: My yeah. name is Peggy Rod- uh, Rodriguez Casey. I'm Alyssa's mom. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. It's my first name, if you guys didn't know that. It's Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm glad I met your mom now I have somebody to complain to right somebody to get you in line (laughs) 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 so it's this podcast we're going to talk about some uh, probably some rough subjects for some people so this is like a disclaimer at the beginning Um, if you feel triggered or anything by anything we're going to say obviously feel free to turn the podcast off or uh, get with us online offline if you want to talk about it This has been a rough one for the Air Force and for the world at large and for most people. Uh, 2020 and now moving into 2021, it's been crazy. I remember last year, like, I didn't even know things were serious, especially with the pandemic until, like, March, when it was like, okay, all travel to Europe is shut down. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, it was just boom.
0: Yeah, because, like, when I was still deployed, like, I didn't None of us realized how serious it was um, until, like, we started seeing people, like, things going down, couldn't really go anywhere, toilet paper was flying off shelves. Yeah. Crazy.
2: You were deployed while you were, while this was happening, right?
0: Yeah. And then coming back, um, it was kind of like trying to, like, get used to, like, the new normal. Right. With having to wear masks and social distancing and adapting to all that because we were slowly doing that where we were deployed at, but it wasn't as serious as it was back in the States. Right. So that was an adjustment in itself to do all over.
2: Right. And even more so than COVID, I mean, we were just talking before we uh, came online on the podcast about there are other things, you know what I mean? Regular life is still out there and... Everything that comes with that is still out there as well. Everybody thinks because COVID uh, hit, everything everything is COVID. COVID this, COVID exact, that.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, like, when you, like, lose somebody or if somebody's lost somebody, it, people automatically jump to, oh, was it COVID? And it's like, no. Right. Man, there's, like, other natural causes out there.
2: Right. So. I, th- I think a lot of people don't pay attention. Um, and, and just in general, right? So you have all this. Everybody views that they have all this time, right? And having time, I used to think that having time was like uh, the most important thing. But I I think the more that I think about time, it's the attention you give to your time or the attention that you put with the things and the people you love. I could give you all the time in the world, but if you squandered it and your attention was neither here nor there... It, the time wouldn't have been worth anything. Um, I know you wanted to talk about uh, loss and stuff like that, and I, you got a pretty rough story.
0: Yeah. It's been rough since the end of last year. Right. Because um, around Thanksgiving is when um, I lost my grandpa, which was my mom's dad. And not too far after, I lost... Who I consider my dad. Right. Um, which is my mom's husband. And it definitely hasn't been easy. And when you bring time into this, I feel like I didn't have enough time of both of them. Right. At all. And being away <laughs> didn't help either. I mean, granted, I was grateful that I was able to go and spend time with my family and be able to, you know, give them respect. Right. But... I just wish
2: I was there more. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, Before I came to this base, uh, my last base, uh, uh, my aunt passed. And she's like my favorite aunt. Like uh, one of my, like probably my favorite person in my family. Like I used to go there for summer. Like because I grew up kind of in like a kind of restrictive household. Like can't do this, can't do that. And my aunt just kind of. She was one of the only adults I could be myself around, you know what I mean, yeah. from a kid to when I was older. And uh, so she passed a, a cancer, and I remember, and it, to go back to this time thing, I remember, because she had cancer and she was prog- it was progressing, right? So I was focused on so many different things, and I was like, work. Uh, I need to do this for promotion I need to do this for uh, my boss wants me to do this I'm doing all these extracurricular things and I remember the last conversation I had with her and the last conversation I had I was telling her that oh, I'm not going to be able to make it this next week I'm going to come in two weeks so in my mind I thought I had all the time Yeah. and the last time I spoke to her it was like a, you know how people are really sick, like they have like good days. Yeah. So that was one of her good days. So she was just with it. And my right. aunt was super funny. Like she's hilarious. Like if you th- if you think I'm funny, you you should have met her. And so I get off the phone with her, uh and the crazy part is when you lose somebody, like you you don't know your last good time with someone. Yeah. You think you have all this time. And then now it's in my head that that was my last conversation. And it, it ate at me for a while because I obviously I didn't blame myself for her death, but I blamed myself that I didn't get to see her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and even once in a while, I still think about it because I, I literally it wasn't like I was being dismissive, but I was just like two, two weeks is two weeks. Yeah. You know, but I didn't understand how close she was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and then she passed and I was sitting there like all the stuff that I'd worried about before none of it even mattered after that mm-hmm. point like it it really didn't and that's like a, a tough thing to deal with you know but I
0: mean that's life yeah it is life and then to go back to what you just said about how um, a lot of things that mattered, didn't matter anymore, that's exactly how I felt after, um, you know, when my dad passed away because, again, I was, like, so, like, work motivated. I, um, at that time, I had, like, certain things that I was doing, trying to make sure that I accomplished, and then once I got that phone call that one of my older sisters had did, it was literally right when I got off work. I had just dearmed, got in my car, I was like, cool, I'm about to freaking go to the gym, let's do it. It was a good day. For me, at least. And then sister calls me, and it's funny because she, same sister that called me to tell me about my grandpa, and when she was telling me this about my dad, I was like, you're joking. right? ha, got it, cool, I'm up now. You have my attention. And she wasn't kidding, and everything just changed. Like, all of like, the things that I took seriously or too seriously That all went away. And I got... It gave me, like, more... um, Perspective. Yeah. yeah. Perspective and clarity of what's really important. You know? So, I definitely agree with that. And time. I can't get enough about time because I think about my last moment. Because I was telling my family. I was telling my mom. I was just like... I remember I was just talking to him. I was just, like... FaceTime you guys. And we were just talking about, like, the visit um, that my mom's on right now. Um, she still came because I had bought them Christmas tickets to come visit me. Right. And uh, that's what we were talking about because I know they're both excited. My dad was telling me, you know, what he wanted to do, that he's mm-hmm. excited and stuff like that. And I'm just like, that's, no. Like, you don't want to believe it because it's still so surreal. I still find it surreal to, at this moment. Right. Because I'm just like, throughout this whole trip, I'm just like, man, like, he would have definitely liked this. Or, like, I'm asking my mom, like, would he have liked this? Would he have liked that? Because I know my mom, um, she had her own list of things that he wanted to do when we went to um, D.C. Mm -hmm. So we tried to do um, all of them. Some of them we couldn't because, you know, COVID restrictions. But still trying to um, revisit those places and do the things even if. He's not here. Still do
2: them, right? So. It, it's 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 really like a surreal thing, and your loss is, uh, I think, is uh, definitely on the scale of uh, magnitude, is way, way, way higher than mine. It's tough to deal with that. It's tough. Sometimes it's tough to be resilient after things like that, right? Yeah. So, especially when you experience that loss, that death, it's like for me you know the stages of grief right like for me one of my mm-hmm. big ones is anger like i i get upset uh you know you go to these ceremonies and stuff and, and even i was thinking like some of these people that i'm like you don't know her that well and you're just over mm-hmm. here just putting on a show
0: yeah
2: you know what i mean like you, you don't you almost don't know anything about her but it, and that's like me going negative mm-hmm. but she was like a, a real positive person so maybe she did have a big a big effect in a short amount of time you know what i mean yeah. when you're going through those stages of grief it's it's hard to see certain things and especially for me that's how that's how i felt you know um it's one thing that in our job is it's sad to say but it's not going anywhere loss and uh yeah. hopefully resiliency's is on the rise right and losses on the decline but as far as we know it's been pretty rough uh one of the things that affected me this last year as well is uh i had a troop that committed suicide a former troop he was at my last base as well and he had just put on staff sergeant and uh he was at a nuke base and one of the things that really bothered me is because like i thought we were close right and i was like okay Uh, when i heard it i was like i heard the last name i was like has to be somebody else has to be somebody else and then uh, one of my friends called me from my last base, and it's like, yeah, it's him. And the first thing I thought I was like, was it was I not a good enough supervisor, or w- were we really not that close? Because I always told him like, no matter where you're at, you can call me. You know, I'm gonna answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna give you, uh, you know, a hard time about some things. And I'm gonna joke with you and stuff like that. But you know, you could always hit me up, and it bothers me, like. Uh, so I think it factors into the way I treat people now. Mm-hmm. Like if I see somebody that's going through something, I I think I can be overbearing. I think <laughs> 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 you, you can probably attest to that. I am I might be a little too much. I'm just like, me? hey, what's up? What are you doing? You need to cry. I'm, I'll cry with you. I'll do this. Right. You know, it, it comes it comes from that place. Like it comes from trying to use that attention, right? And trying to capitalize on that time.
0: And you know what? Um, And it's so grateful to know that there's someone out there that's like that. Because um, I feel like there's not a lot of people that are like that. Supervisors or whoever Mm -hmm. that are willing to be there for you even if you're going to cry or whatever it may be. So... That's definitely something that I feel like we need a lot more feeling it, in the
2: military. It's a difficult thing because sometimes you're at a whole nother energy level mm-hmm. and then you see somebody and they're crying and all of a sudden you're like, wow, what do I do now?
0: Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Because uh, there's different like social gaps to bridge. You know what I mean? We're in the military. We're in uniform, stuff like right. that. A lot of people... Uh, they try to hide their emotions and go and bury them deep down inside and stuff like that. But that doesn't help. Uh, I think it comes with the mentality of, like, I think people's version of what they think is tough is somebody that never cries and mm-hmm. somebody that never shows pain. Right. And somebody that's just this uh, mountain of a person that is just uh, always stoic and stuff like that. Yeah. But I've come to find out people that portray themselves as that person, they rarely are, they rarely ever are. You know what I mean? Right. They're just pushing yeah. it deep down inside <laughs> until one day it's going to erupt. And that's what right. you want to avoid. You know what I mean? you got to let it out. Like I said on this podcast before, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a crier. Like I cry every day. <laughs> but I will shed a few tears. You know what I mean? Like I still have a hard time uh, looking at, what do you call it, the... Um, but they pass it out at the funeral. Uh, oh, the, the picture is it an obituary? Is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? It's like a little program, yeah. And it has like the date of. Oh uh, yeah, I know
0: what you're yeah. talking about. I yeah, like that, yeah. It has it's like a obituary, picture or something like yeah.
2: that. I like I have it like in my important paperwork, like with my birth certificate and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And every time I open that little briefcase, I, I have a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like. Sometimes I'll, I'll, like, go look at her Facebook page, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or if it's, like, her birthday, it's going to tell me, and I'm just going to be like, all right, like, I'll, I'll look through all her pictures, and I'll remember, like, these, like, really good times I had, yeah. you know? I think, like, no matter uh, a beautiful thought to me about people is that no matter, like, what religion you are, no matter where you come from, the one thing that everybody thinks about when they lose somebody they love is, like, they give anything to have them back Mm -hmm. you know and and when you lose somebody that's like you believe is such a good person it it almost feels like a loss for everyone else because i would like Mm -hmm. everybody to know my aunt you know um like i did or get to experience what i experienced you know but i can't you know what i mean it's it's a tough thing to deal with
0: it is a tough thing and um I want to take a moment to go back to because you brought up resiliency, and I think that plays a huge factor in when you lose somebody, whether family, friend, whoever. um, Because it's how you get through it, because there's stages of grief, you know, and um, I definitely would say my mom definitely has a huge amount of resiliency, because throughout the whole process, still process going on right now, um, we've all been, me and my family, we've all been extremely proud of how she's been, just been able to go through this difficult time that she has been, and if you wanted to say a couple words with how you've been
1: going through It hasn't been easy, that's for sure. And uh, when it all hit me, I knew I had to do, you know, go through those those stages, you know. And sometimes you hit them and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you stay stuck in one stage. And, but when, after the funeral and everything, I said, okay, everybody's going to start looking at me and how I am. Right. So... I have to like try to bring it together, you know, because before that happened, you know, you're just like living your life and, you know, not no care in the world of what it's going to stop, you know, know, and and things are going to change. And so when it happens and you have four adult children, they're not kids anymore. They're adults. So they kind of, they get it, you know, you just want to let them know I'm okay, regardless how it is in deep in there right I want to show them I can I'm okay I'm not I'm not gonna lose it I'm not you know gonna do anything crazy or bizarre I just wanted them to know that I'm I'm just going through the stages you know don't worry about me because I don't want them to worry about me you know even though that is the natural thing to do is worry about your parent you know to make sure that they're okay and it is some nights are are tough you know especially the weekends but I do try to stay strong for them, mm-hmm. considering that my father was a very strong person, too, and I would lean on him for something like this. So that's right. why I would like always feel like I always had that little, little energy there with my father. But when he, I finally realized, oh, uh, I can't call Dad. I can't get that from him. Right. So I had to, like, you have to, whether you, you find it or not, I had to find that strength to to be strong for my children. Right. To be strong for them because the last thing I want is for them to worry about their mom because they're all doing so great. Right. You know? And I just want them to know that we're all here for each other and I'm so thankful for the strong support system that I have around me and my husband's sisters. They support are supporting me. But at the end of the day, when you're all alone, you just have to find that strength to... To not go into that dark that, that dark place. Right. Because that I've seen other people go different ways with their grief.
2: Right. You know, some it, people don't recover. Some exactly. people you know drown their sorrows in a bottle. You know what I mean? Some exactly. people turn to drugs, stuff like that, things that are uh, things that'll never get you through it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's tough because like I, I I'll not speak from experience, like I've in no way, shape or form had ever had problems with alcohol, but I noticed that if I'm drinking and thinking about these things, mm-hmm. it's just going to come up. Right. It's just going to pour out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sitting in my garage crying alone and stuff like that, you know? And it's not necessarily, I think trying to take your mind off of things, but you need things, uh, that you can kind of be mindless in doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. You need something that's like, uh, almost like puts you in a meditative state where the only thing you can think about is that thing that you're doing in front of you Yeah. you know when I was younger it used to be like basketball no matter how weird things were at home or whatever I'd go play basketball and there's nothing else I could think about but actually playing basketball so it would just take my mind off of that
1: right
0: and I agree because like I know mine is working out I mean it's just gotten more and more of like a just a a ritual or whatever that it's been, like, in my um, routine now mm-hmm. that I have to do it. I feel like if I don't do it, um, then my whole day, it's just, it's just, like, my whole day feels off. Yeah. And I get what you mean about, like, just that focus, because it's, I feel like that's a healthier way, rather than, like, drinking it or whatever it may be, um, a healthier way to, like, get your mind off of um, what you're currently thinking about, what you're currently going through. Um, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's that, uh, what do we call it, the whole airman concept, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? A lot of times people say it and they say it sarcastically, but in these situations it actually kind of works, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if things are going good in your life and somebody mentions the whole airman concept, a lot of times there's a few jokes that go around the right. room I'm like, yeah, all right, or,
0: right,
2: What are we doing this weekend? I you <laughs> thats <laughs> part of my whole with <laughs> yeah. god but it's it actually is true you know and I think uh because uh, with your situation uh, a few months ago um I hadn't been around a squadron that kind of took it as well and kind of handled it better than I thought they would
1: mm-hmm. a lot
2: of times things happen and it's what like suck it up buttercup you know yeah. what I mean
1: mm-hmm.
2: but everybody was legitimately concerned and we like, reach out and stuff like that. And I know you're not, uh, you're not a person that's going to be very vocal when you're going through things like this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you're just not. So I, I figured I talk a lot. So I'm like, hey, what's up? Hey, I'm just leaning in people's doorways like, hey, what's up? You heard about this? Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: you probably should have. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and I definitely do and did appreciate all – the, um, like, just the love that I was getting from, like, this squadron, because I mean, I was not expecting it at all. I definitely did, um, reach out to you to, like, spread the word about, like, the, um, what was it called? The The
2: the GoFundMe? Yes.
0: The GoFundMe page, um, which I was so, we were actually, like, my whole family, they were very, like, um, surprised and impressed with, like, just, like, the feedback that we got from it, Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I definitely will agree with that. Because from the moment that I opened up and talked about it, like I needed to leave, they mm-hmm. were super on it. They were like, all right, we've got to get you out, like, tomorrow or yesterday.
2: Right. So, yeah, Yeah. The, shirts, the, the shirt and commander, they're very uh, compassionate, I'd say.
0: That's yeah. It's a good word. Yeah, because I did talk to um, the commander, um, I think it was, like, the day before that I was leaving. And she remembered that not too long ago my grandma had passed away. Mm-hmm. And she was just, you know, she was comforting me in a very, um, appreciative way.
2: Right. It's, she does remember the things, and you got to think, there's like, there's a bunch, hundreds and hundreds of people here. So, it's nice when somebody actually, because you you can tell that they actually paid attention to what you're saying. Like, so earlier uh, this year, my father got diagnosed with prostate cancer.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And... uh, she would see, I would say, like, oh, I need to take leave, I need to take leave. And uh, she actually seen me on the day I found out, like, within the same half hour. I think she was the one of the first people I talked to after I got the news on the phone. Wow. And she was just like, we were talking about something else, obviously, something about work. Right. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't think I had said it aloud yet. And I was like, yeah, my father, I just found out my father has prostate cancer. And, you know, obviously she's very empathetic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, and she told me this, which is surprising for a commander, because we all are supposed to, you know, we all work kind of for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the the more things get done, the better. Mm-hmm. The first thing she says is, like, uh, she said something to the effects of, like, you know, the military and all these things, they come and go.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? She's like, do you plan on taking leave? Because you need to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You need to go see your father. And every time I'd see her... In the hallway, or something like that, she'd always mention two things. She'd, first, she'd mention, Have you taken leave yet? or You got your leave in the books yet? And a lot of times I'd be like, No. And then she'd mention uh, the podcast, which I hadn't started yet. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, I'm getting on it. <laughs> and then it actually coincided, uh, incidentally, everything fell into place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Because you were working uh, TDA and S3T at the time. Oh, yeah. And I remember sitting down at my desk and I was like, man, how am I going to get this started? <laughs> I was like, hey, Monte, I got a great opportunity for you.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> Would it you was like, to be like an that executive too. You're
2: producer? <laughs> 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 you know what? Two birds with one stone, you know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm glad you were there because when it comes to organization, I am not in. No. I think the big takeaways from this is just, I think when something happens to you, and, and, and death is a difficult one, but let's say something short of that, let's say something uh, happens to you in life. I think the, you have to resolve it. The longer you hold on to something, you have to turn a negative to a positive in a way. Because if you don't turn it from a negative to a positive, I think it just becomes trauma. And the longer you're traumatized, it, it changes, it alters your personality. Yeah, It, it really changes, changes you. And it's weird because when you change, it's not overnight. It's just these little things every day, whether it be good or bad. But if it's bad, it's this little chip away every day. And then a year later, you're not even the same person yeah. that you recognize yourself to be before. I think if you don't turn a negative into a positive, I think that's what happens. And that trauma eats away at you every time it comes up. Um, oh, yeah, you know, I you're uh, even regular every day. You're not exactly who you were yesterday, and you don't know who you'll exactly be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You got It's the choices that make who you're going to be.
0: And also, like, the people that you surround yourself with, too. Right. Because going back to what my mom said about having, like, a great, like, support system that also plays in a factor, too, because feel like if that's something that you don't genuinely have it can definitely go down a rabbit hole that you might not see yourself out of
2: right for sure for sure well I think we've think we've hit it all yeah
0: yeah I did want to mention though something that and I still go back to watching it because I always find something new out of it every time that I watch it and I would highly recommend um if you're interested and want to, I don't know, broaden your horizon of, like, um, shows, right. one particular episode, maybe.
2: Oh, yeah. You're talking about, uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't. I can't. Um,
0: midnight Gospel.
2: The Midnight Gospel. The uh, very that, last like, episode. Yes.
0: The very last episode. It's got, it definitely helped me with my grandma passing away. And it's hugely helped me with my dad passing away because visuals crazy off yeah. the wall you know yeah <laughs> but um
2: it's a it, little bit janky in the beginning you're yeah. gonna be like what, is it, what are we talking like, about where is
0: this going but like, if you like, check
2: it out it, it's I, I don't think i've ever watched something on tv no that, i that made me kind of feel that way
0: right and i remember when you brought it up and you were saying like i don't like what you just said right now i was like eh, that's crazy like i was like let me it, just try and it's Amazing. Just, like, pay attention to the words that they're talking about because it's a, what was it, a comedian?
2: Yeah, he's, it was, uh, the show is, like, he had a podcast. Yeah. And then years later they just animated around what they were talking about.
0: Yeah. And, like, you can get that, um, you could get that vibe that it's just, like, all natural words with him and his mom, actually, that are talking. Yeah.
2: Actually, that was one of the, I think it was one of the last conversations <laughs> before... Uh, She died of pancreatic cancer, Mm -hmm. and it was a podcast, and uh, honestly, especially when they get, uh, I'm not going to, all right, I'm not going to do any spoilers. Right. Look, the rest of the show, take it for what you, take it for what you will. You don't need to watch it all. Yeah. You can just go to the last episode. Some of the episodes, uh, they're not necessarily DOD friendly. There's uh, some episodes (laughs) where there's some (laughs) drug use and things like that, but nothing that we aren't used to on uh, American television. (laughs) I know most of you are watching SVU right now on a marathon. Yeah, All right? right. So, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but this, is, this has been a good conversation. I've enjoyed it.
0: It really has. And it's, I like that we have this outlet to get into deep conversations like this that we're not afraid to talk about and speak up about that we've personally dealt with as well. So it definitely has been a good episode.
2: And just to throw this out there, uh, our executive producer, we're, we're thinking about getting some more producers to work under her, so I'm not the only person she gets to boss around. So if you'd <laughs> like to volunteer, uh, please email Senior Monteo,
0: Or even be like a, I was thinking, like or even being like a, a guest host. Yeah. That'd be pretty difficult.
2: Wow, already got to fire me. Okay.
0: You're not even gone. All right,
2: cool. So this is the end of the episode. I, I guess it. this is it for me. It's been real. Uh, goodbye. Guess we am getting the X. All
0: right. play the music already.
2: Yes, ma'am. <laughs>